Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is called Repeat. Here we go. Moments like these give me up in a hissy because I am a woman who desires consistency. When you start something new, Make sure you can finish it too. After all, this is one of the qualities that attracted me to you. When you fall off, the questions will begin. Are we still together? Or are you creeping? One minute you're attentive, the next you disappear. Are you really my man? Yes, we need to go there. Communication is a must, necessary to build trust. A title just isn't enough. Your commitment is what I want, but if you don't communicate, I'm left to lean on my own understanding. The conclusion may be untrue, but that's because I haven't spoken to you. When you truly care, you don't play the game of truth or dare. You make me aware of where we're going with this relationship or in life. Even if you want to say goodbye. Why do I feel like this is a repeat of my relationships past? Of the ones that didn't even last? All because honesty was something the others lacked. Please don't be another repeat of constant lies and infidelity, eventually turning your back on me. I want to believe that this time is right, but it's hard to believe when you disappear on certain nights. You swear there is no one else, but your actions really put me in doubt. If what you say is true, You need to not just say, but do, so that I can trust you. Rewind. Let's do it right. Let's get it right this time. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And today, what I wanted to talk about was, in fact, that repeat So how many times have you been in a relationship and it almost seems like after the honeymoon phase has ended, you begin to recognize that you are seeing the same chain of events taking place once again in your life. I'm not going to give the movie away. But one thing that I have learned when I am watching movies, this is something I've learned about myself, okay? I'm going to shed a little light into that area. I've learned that when I'm watching a movie, I no longer watch the movie for entertainment purposes. I watch the movie to learn a life lesson in one way, form, or fashion. So I recently 
what watch the movie about the Ricardos, Lucille Ball and her husband, Ricardo. Excellent movie. If you have not seen it, go on Prime and watch that movie. I'm in I'm not getting paid to endorse this, but it's an excellent, excellent movie. Oh my goodness, it's so good. But anyway, so there was a lesson that I learned watching that movie. And I'm not going to tell y'all anything about the movie, but I'm going to tell you what I learned. Is that a lot of times we may find ourselves thinking that we have reversed the curse, for the lack of a better word. Thinking that our choices have become better. Believing that we have broken the generational curse that may or may not have been placed upon us or that we've been repeating because of our ancestors. So there may be times when we truly wholeheartedly believe that we have broken a pattern. And if we allow ourselves to live and we are paying attention to some of the experiences, you might actually find yourself on repeat. What I mean by that is that you might actually find yourself repeating the exact same things that you've done before. Making the same decisions that you've done before. So my hope is this. If you find yourself on repeat, replaying the same relationship conversations, doing the same things, having the same moments, it's just with a different person, but the storyline is similar. I hope that you use that as an opportunity to look deep within. Don't point out because it's not about the other person. It's about self, self-discovery, self-awareness. So as I watch this movie, one of the things that I totally admired about Lucille Ball was that she respected and honored Ricardo. When it comes to relationships, I know some of us have been programmed like, oh, it's my way or the highway. I've heard people say you got to pay the cost to be the boss. I've heard. But what I'm discovering in relationships is that, and, and I'm going to tell you one of the things that I would say anytime that I was entering, well, this one particular relationship that I entered into um, one of the things I stated to this individual was, I'm going to trust you as far as I can, as long as I can, until you compromise the integrity of the relationship. Now, when it comes to holding on to the integrity of the relationship, every individual's perception of what that means Every individual's understanding of what that means may vary. So in order for you to truly make sure that you are on one accord, it's healthy, in my opinion, to have such dialogue with your purpose partner in terms of what does 
integrity of the relationship look like to both of you? Just for you to be able to determine if you have a like-minded view in that arena or not. And the reason why that's imperative is because let's just say, I'm just going to start throwing examples out there. I hope somebody can relate to it. Let's just say that you're in a relationship and you have never had a conversation about ex-partners. So in your mind, you're under the impression that as long as it stays platonic and as long as there's no intimacy taking place, you can keep that same energy with that individual, whether you have children together or not. But your spouse may be like, yeah, that's a no. We're not going down that road. If y'all don't have no children together and you have no reason to have a conversation with this person or maintain that relationship with this person, I would prefer that you keep that same energy when y'all broke up and, and y'all just, you know, she go her way, he go his way, he go his way, she go her way. However that looks like in your realm of relationship. And I've seen different scenarios where it was not communicated. And what started off as a platonic friendship, I end up hearing later on that an extra marital affair has taken place between those two individuals. And the reason being is because the boundaries were never set. The conversation was never had. The reason why it's so, so, so important to revisit having the integrity of your relationship and what that looks like on both parts is because if you never visit that and you start off early in the relationship saying, I don't care if you have male friends, I don't care if you have female friends, as long as you don't compromise the integrity of the relationship, well, does that mean as long as I don't compromise the integrity of the relationship, as long as everything is going great? Or does that mean that I can compromise the integrity of the relationship when everything starts going sour? See, the reason why dialogue is good is for you to constantly keep the lines of communication open with your purpose partner, with your significant other, with the person you are doing life with. And the reason why that is imperative is because so many times we have these unspoken expectations when it comes to certain relationships, especially romantic relationships. But I'm not just keeping it at the romantic. We have that same energy when it comes to parent-child relationships. There has been so many times that I have not spoken to my sons about making sure that they take out the trash on X amount of days. And then when it doesn't get done and I find myself having to do it, I'm looking at them sideways for at least two days. Because in my mind, that unspoken expectation, although I never verbalized it, I've had that unspoken expectation. You know, when the trash gets to this limit right here, it's time to take it out. I don't want to smell no trash in my house and I don't want it to be here longer than what it has to be. Take that mess out. So I may have shared part of the conversation with them. I just don't want the trash to be here for too long. But I, if I don't communicate, I need you to take out the trash every Wednesday and every Saturday, no matter what. 
If that has never been communicated, then why am I having an attitude with this individual? Because they're operating what they feel is most convenient for them. Maybe the child is like, hey, now, uh, I'm busy Monday through Friday. So I have made up in my mind that I'm going to take the trash out on every Saturday. But in my doing that, if y'all want to take it out beforehand, let's say you had made some fish the day before. And now you just like, hey, I don't want that fish smell in my house. Then you take it upon yourself and you go ahead and take out that trash. But if it was never communicated, you will literally feel some type of way toward the individual. And that's really not fair to them because you never communicated to them what having the integrity of the relationship looked like to you. So one of the things that um, recently happened, I think I've shared it, but I'll share it again because I haven't delved into it, into it. So one of the things that recently happened is that my son moved out of my house, my 20 year old, and he moved in with his girlfriend. And although we had always pretty much had very open dialogue with one another, his intent to live with his girlfriend had never come up. But in his mind, the expectation that once he turned a certain age, it was not spoken, but in his mind, it was believed to be that that's how it would go, is that once he turned a certain age, that he would leave home. We never had that conversation. In fact, my, my intent for our relationship was to allow him to stay with me as long as he possibly could so that he could build his credit and leave from mama's house to his own home, meaning a home that was built from scratch or a home that he purchased. Because by staying with me, he would be building his credit. And by the time I communicated my intent, it was too late. And his response to me was, how come you didn't tell me sooner? I had an unspoken expectation that he would know. You can stay here as long as you need, son. There is no time frame on what, I mean, it has to be reasonable. But I don't expect you to leave home at least before you graduate from college. And once he dropped out of Texas A&M, I guess in his mind, he was like, I dropped out. Mama ain't going to want me to stay here longer. And guess what? That was his understanding. And I never conveyed that to him. He just didn't want, did not want to be a burden for me is really what it boiled down to. And he wanted his freedom. He wanted his freedom. Because around these parts, we have rules and regulations. So even though his curfew had been extended... It was not sufficient for him. But instead of coming back to the table and communicating to me, hey, mom, this is not going to work. I don't want to be having a curfew of 1.30 in the morning. I used to be on college campus. I'm so used to coming and going as I please. 5 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, whatever the hour was, I didn't care. I knew that I would make up the time some type of way, sleep all day if I have to, if I didn't have any classes. But I got used to that for 
over a year. So for me to come back here and you're telling me as a young adult that I have to be home by 1.30 a.m., I'm just not going to be able to do that. Plus, my girlfriend is constantly telling me how she wants to spend more time with me and we're trying to build something together. And now that I am a young adult, I kind of want to see where that's going to go. See, we didn't have that dialogue. Although that was in his mind nine times out of ten, that we never had that dialogue. And so I look up and I'm like, oh, okay. So now you've moved out. And I had to ask the question. It wasn't communicated. I had to ask the question because I was like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and now it's Sunday. I was like, what in the world? Where's my child? You still breathing? You still living? What's happening? Because I did not take the time out to communicate what my expectation was concerning our living arrangements. And because he did not take the time out to express to me what his expectation was as a young adult male having a full-time girlfriend, being committed to this girlfriend, and wanting to make it work with this girlfriend... He did not communicate to me what that looked like. So because he did not communicate to me what that looked like, one day I looked up and he was no longer living here. With that being said, that's what happens when you do not communicate, when you do not have spoken expectations, when it's all up in your head, but you never communicated. That's what that looks like. So that's what I wanted to talk about is how we can end up being on repeat. So now that I know that, now that I've had that experience, I'm trying to communicate with the last two children. If you decide that you want to move out of the house, do me a huge favor and let your mama know. Let me know so that I can help to prepare you for hopefully a peaceful as well as financially secure transition. Let me educate you on certain places that you may want to live as opposed to certain places you may not want to live not saying that crime ain't gonna happen over here and it's more successful over here but just making sure that you get the more bang for your buck when it comes to let's say your car breaks down are you going to be able to walk to your employer let's say that you have an an actual unexpected bill come up do you have enough money saved up for a rainy day those are the i want to make sure that i equip you for life's darts because that's what's going to happen whether you it doesn't matter if you're trying to walk the straight and narrow path or what life has a tendency of making sure you are completely woke so my preference would be to equip my children for success and the only way that I can even think of doing that is to keep the lines of communication open. Shout out to my grandfather, Mr. Orange Easley, who turned 81 years old today on December the 23rd of 2021. Grandfather, I love you. Grandpa, I love you. I actually, sorry, I got distracted, y'all, because I'm just thinking about how blessed I am to have my grandfather still here. He, this is my grandfather on my mother's side. Um, a few months ago, I spoke to y'all about my grandfather on my biological dad's side passing away. So to see my grandfather on my mother's side live to be the age of 81 is a super huge deal for me. 
but I digress. So just in terms of being on repeat. So when I think about certain relationships, my children, you know, that's one of the ones that I just, my kid, my children and the relationships that I have with my children are the most vital for me. Those are the ones that I do my very best to nurture. Those are the ones that I do my very best to make sure I stay on track. Anytime that I find myself falling short, I am quick to apologize. Um, and me and my older children, we are learning how to communicate with each other in such a way that not only are they able, sorry, to, I couldn't even get it out, but not only are they able to let me know what their expectations are of me as their mother, I'm also able to let them know what my expectation is with them as my children. And one of the main things that I, you know, because I know when people get grown, they want to be grown. They want to be in their own zone. They want to be in their own element. I get that. So my one of my main things is that I understand you got a life, boo-boo, but call your mama sometimes. That's like my main thing. And it's amazing when I see the names pop up on my phone. If you were a person like a fly on the wall, you were to see how I respond. I literally become super elated. It doesn't matter what it is that I'm experiencing. It's as if all of that falls by the wayside. Because being able to communicate with my children, being able to love on my children, being loved by my children trumps any type of adversity that I could be facing in any season of my life. I remember changing subjects. I remember I was going through a depressive bout. This is a few years back. Actually, the cover of my book, Perfect Illusions of Love, a novel, that cover was a photo that my oldest daughter took because as her Christmas gift to me, she surprised me with a photo shoot. So she did my makeup, she picked out my wardrobe, she picked out my jewelry, and one of those photos, out of I went and paid a whole bunch of money for professional photos that made me look like who did it and why. Turned around and my daughter, who I didn't pay a dime to, shows up and gifts me with the photo shoot. And her photos look more professional than the professional photos that I paid for. Needless to say, her photo landed on the cover of my second book. And when she showed up, she knew what her intent was. She knew that her intent was to turn my frown into a smile. And that's exactly what she did. Like, I look back sometimes at some of those photos and I see the joy. Like, she was able to capture the joy that was in my heart from just her being present. And that's how I feel every time I talk to any of my children. Anytime they show up, anytime they call me, there's a sense of joy that comes on the inside that is very unexplainable and you truly have to be a parent that loves their children and who is in love with their children to understand the level of joy that I'm talking about. But when I was going back to the whole repeat, when I go, um, when I went and I watched this movie, um, what is the name? Well, I'm see, I'm almost afraid to actually click on anything because last time I did that, it cut off the episode. But it's called, I think it's the, the Life of the Ricardos or something like that. But it's a really, really good movie. And one of the things that I, 
I've already told y'all that I love to couple watch. But one of the things that I paid attention to in this movie is how they ministered love to each other. Even when times were hard. But I can't even tell you because that would be giving the movie away. But I will say this. Pay very close attention to the end of the movie. Because this episode will make more sense when you pay attention to the end or how the movie ended. So when I talk about repeat, are you repeating the same mistakes that you have made when it comes to your relationship choices? Are you doing the same things that got you where you were from your last bad relationship? Or are you learning from your mistakes so that you do not repeat the same thing and then end up in the same fashion? So that's one of the main things that I have diligently tried not to do. I have diligently tried not to make the same mistake. And all I can do by um, trying my best to, to stay this way is to continue to bring any relationship that I enter into before God. To pray to God and be like, okay, Lord, this is why I need your help. This is why I need your help. So if you are that person that is like, you know, when I look back, I know that I'm the common denominator. But why is it that I keep repeating the same things? Why do I keep doing the same things? Nine times out of 10, the reason why you keep doing the same things is because either there's something that's lying dormant within you that you haven't faced. I really believe that that's part of it. Like if you haven't, let's just, I mean, I'm not going to unpack the whole thing, but let's unpack that. You know, I was talking about how, how much trauma that I've experienced in my life. And this morning I had a moment. I, I don't, I'm 47 years old and I hardly ever have these moments. But this morning I did have that moment. And I had a moment where some of the memories of the trauma that I've been through came rushing in like a flood. And when it happened, it made me extremely emotional. But what I recognize now is that one of the reasons why I was extremely emotional is because I had compartmentalized the trauma and had not ever truly dealt with some of those traumatic experiences. And so when it came up before me, all I could do was grieve because the child in me wants to heal in those areas. The child in me that was violated, the child in me that was molested, the person that was raped like there's a part of me that yearns to be healed the person that was physically abused for the majority is really safe to say physically emotionally or mentally even physically like all of that abuse was something that became second nature I was a victim of abuse in so many ways, verbally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, to the point that when I look over the course of my life, I'm starting to realize that it is a miracle. First of all, that I'm still here because there's a lot of people. I was watching a movie today called Joe Bell or John Bell. Forgive me if I got it wrong, but I think it's called John Bell. 
and it was talking about a traumatic experience. Go watch that movie if you haven't. As you can see, I'm a movie watcher. I love movies. Um, but there was a traumatic experience that had happened. Pretty much that's like the basis of the movie, truth be told. And when I think about the trauma that I've been through, yes, there are times that all I can do is grieve. It does. I don't even have room to do anything else because it's like I got to get that stuff up out of me. And there are and there's times that I don't even know what the trigger is. Sometimes it'll just one day, I'll, you know, I'll be doing fine or think I'm doing fine. And then a thought will hit me and then I'll just start crying uncontrollably. I remember I was driving to a destination about a month and a half ago and I had gone through a very, very, very traumatic season with my employer. And it was like I it was almost like the aftermath had taken place. And, and I was just now catching up emotionally to what I had endured for years. And when I when it caught up with me. I literally could not, I was driving, but crying uncontrollably all at the same time. And see, now I'm at a point that when that happens, I allow the emotions to flow. But as a child, when I was going through a lot of traumatic experiences, I was told to suck that stuff up. So because I sucked that stuff up, I'd never dealt with it. And then it bled into my adult, my young adult life and my older adult life. It wasn't until I started getting therapy that I recognized what the issues were. So imagine, imagine going for 20 to 30 years, feeling as if something is wrong, not quite being able to put your finger on it. But every time something triggers that, you have these bouts of emotion that you cannot explain. And it took years for me to understand that that was depression. It took years for me to understand that that was anxiety. But I had to go through so much in between because I did not know what it was. I was constantly repeating and constantly choosing similar situations that triggered those emotions because I was unaware that there was an underlining issue that I never dealt with. Many to be exact, not just one, it was multiple issues. So it took me having to go to a professional for the professional to analyze what of some of the trauma that, because I would be in therapy for the rest of my life and then probably my kids would have to go through therapy for theirs the rest of their life in order for me to unpack all of the trauma that I've experienced in my lifetime thus far. So what the therapist would do, they would allow me to pick one of those traumatic experiences and start to unpack that traumatic experience in hopes that once they gave me the tools to defeat that particular situation and lay it to rest, that if another trigger presented itself or another situation presented itself that triggered me, I would be equipped to know how to deal with that because I had done the work. But a lot of times there's so much negativity connected to therapy that we end up repeating the same things because we're not getting the professional help that we need see for the longest time growing up we were told not to talk about the things that really affected us 
in more ways than we know. We were told not to deal with that. So then it started to bleed into other relationships because we did not know how to compartmentalize. We did not know how to process. And next thing you know, we're repeating the same exact issues, the same mistakes, because we are not equipped to deal with them. We hadn't dealt with the first mistake. So now we're just adding on to those mistakes, not dealing with anything. And so now that I'm aware of that, I went, I got help. So when the emotions start to well up, I allow them to flow. And then I process, why are they welling up? I acknowledge those emotions. I don't ignore those, emo those emotions, which is 100% different than what I used to do. Are you ignoring your emotions are you on repeat? Are you repeating the same mistakes over and over again because you're afraid to look yourself in the mirror and deal with your unresolved issues? Because you're afraid to acknowledge that you've been wounded, that you've been hurt, that someone broke your heart. And so you brush it under the rug and pretend like you're A-OK -okay and not even understanding that your heart is bleeding. So now you're bleeding on someone else unaware because you haven't dealt with the pain. You haven't dealt with the brokenness. You haven't dealt with the trauma. Are you that person? If you are, I pray that you get help. Whether it's professional help, whether it's your church home help, whether it's your support group help, group help however... One of the things that I'm so proud of my dear friend, I've spoken about her to you all on this platform. I told you that as of October the 13th of 2021, one of my dearest friends, she actually was helping her husband um, process the fact that he was now having to start chemotherapy because he had been diagnosed with cancer. The cancer had left and then it came back. They were on day three. On day three, she decided to go to work and in the midst of her going to work, her husband dropped dead. She came home thinking that she was going to share a meal with him only to find him gone. But it made me so proud to have a conversation with her today and for her to tell me not only is she doing therapy whenever those emotions start to well up and she wants to grieve the loss of her husband she is not pretending like it doesn't hurt so my suggestion to her was because she said the only time that she becomes very emotional is whenever someone asks her how is she doing and she has to relive finding her deceased husband in their bedroom. And I told her, write down what you've experienced. Laminate it if you have to. And when the next person asks you, how are you doing? Hand them that card and let them read that card. If they break down, you can deal with that later. If they tell you, oh my God, I'm so sorry to hear it, you can nod your head. But hopefully you can find some resolve in knowing that you won't have to repeat out of your own mouth what has happened to your deceased husband. Because no one should have to keep reliving that type of trauma over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So in order for you to be able to find peace, my suggestion to her was 
write it down. Laminate the card if you have to. And then when they get to asking you, hold your finger up like we do. You know, some folks at church, they hold that, that, that index finger up and they're like, they're about to walk out the church room or church, you know, lobby, whatever. Church sanctuary. Do that. Hold that one finger up. Tell them, hold on. Go find that piece of paper and hand it to them and let them read your testimony until you get to the point that you are strong enough to attest without breaking down crying, which you may not be able to ever do. But at least it gives you some type of cushion while you're still processing your loss. Because a lot of times when people are asking us questions about how are we doing, we're still in the we're still in the grieving phase. Some of us are in denial. Some of us are angry. Some of us are mad at God. It just depends on where we're at in the grieving phase. And so to prevent yourself from having to relive trauma over and over again, because sometimes you can't put words to what it is that you're going through. You just can't. And maybe that's part of your repeat. You're repeating over and over again that trauma because you don't, no one is understanding that you haven't fully processed it yet. So they're bringing it up. And sometimes, let me just put this out there. Sometimes they're not bringing it up because they know that you're suffering. You're the one initiating the conversation. And by your doing that, you're voluntarily reliving the trauma. I don't know which side of the spectrum you fall on, but if you're that person, find a way to heal and find a way to heal now. Try not to put that on the back burner. Try not to pretend like it's not there. Deal with it and deal with it in such a way that you are stronger and better than you've ever been because you opted to deal with it and not constantly be on repeat. I do hope that this encourages somebody. I'm going to read a letter that was written to my future hubby. And it is dated December the 21st of 2021. It is an old letter, a few days old, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. It says, Dear Future Hubby, Today's date is December the 21st of 2021. I wonder how many weddings will take place on today. However, however, many... However many there will be, I pray that these love unions will last a lifetime. I also wonder what day our wedding day will be. Will you and I agree instantaneously or will we go back and forth a few times before we decide? Either way, it will be our day. Can you imagine the two of us saying our vows one to the other? Will we write our very own vows down or will we just repeat after the pastor? I wonder if we will choose a sunlight type of wedding where we say our vows as the sun sets or if we will choose the morning so that we can retire with a whole lot earlier, much, much earlier. Will we go on a honeymoon soon or will we wait and take an extravagant trip somewhere across the world? Will we have a distance wedding or will we marry in the U.S.? Somewhere close, though. Tonight was a night I pondered on our wedding day. I am hoping that one day I will see this come to pass with you. My king, 
I love you. I cherish you. I adore you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.